Hello and welcome to Paper Boys, the podcast where we unravel the research papers behind the latest major headlines in science. I am your host, Charlie, here with my co-host, trusty co-host, James. James, what's going on, man? Not too much, Charlie. I'm excited to be here on another episode of Paper Boys, 45th episode, I think. 45th. That's an important milestone in podcasting, so I'm told. Yeah, the 45th episode. They talk about, you know, that that 45th episode hump. Legendary. That's really where Mark Marin hit his stride, that number 45. <laughs> yeah, Mark Marin, uh, all the great podcast Dan hosts. Carlin's. Your, uh, your Ira Glasses. Oh, yeah. 45th episode of Radiolab. Yeah. Anyhow, I'm excited to be here. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with Paper Boys, we try to get to the actual research papers behind headline science news. If you ever hear the news and just wonder, isn't there more to the story? And this is the podcast for you. Charlie and I each week dive into the actual research papers behind these stories to give you the facts and the interesting science. So, Charlie, what do you have for us this week? So, I have a paper about singing seals. I don't know if you've seen any of this in the news. I actually have not heard this, but really? as someone who loves small mammals, human or not, uh, I'm very interested. And I have plenty of questions. Okay. You're a real mammophile. <laughs> Call me biased as a mammal <laughs> myself. But uh, yes. I hope you like Star Wars as well. Uh, I mean, yeah. Okay. I'll explain why later. Okay. Not quite seeing the connection between singing seals and Star Wars, but... Well, they sing the Star Wars theme. Oh. All right. Well... <laughs> There's the big reveal. Spoiler. Yeah. And uh, thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> thanks for listening. So James and I, we are both PhD students, and we read papers a lot in our own research. And we've gotten kind of good at it, I would like to think. My advisor would probably disagree, but <laughs> but hey, he doesn't have a podcast. So uh, so we kind of share that skill here on this show to, like James said, dive into the headline science news and cover the actual journal papers. We are the paper boys. Just before we get started, I want to give everyone who's listening a big thank you. It makes us really excited to hear that people are actually enjoying the content, enjoying the papers, and giving us recommendations each week. So if you're not already, follow us on Instagram or Twitter. Our handle is at PaperboysPod. You can stay up to date on the latest Paperboys news, as well as some other interesting content that we may not have time to bring into the episodes. We try to post it. And if you're interested, we have just started a Patreon that's right. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash paperboyspod. We have a variety of tiers. The first tier that starts you out is pi, $3.14, and that gets you a bonus episode every month. So if you like the science on this episode, now imagine James and I being slightly tipsy and talking about really old science or really funny science, something like that. So yeah, check out the Patreon. There's lots more content as you go up in the tiers. So that's patreon.com slash paperboyspod. All right, Charlie. So... Give us some little inkling about how you heard about these singing seals, singing Star Wars. <laughs> so I'll give you all the inkling I can. Uh, Sounds like a young children's tongue twister. Sally said she said seals sang Star Wars. Sally's seal sang Star Wars ceremoniously. <laughs> ceremoniously. <laughs> Om. Um, no, so I 
was, you know, browsing the news over my morning coffee and I saw this adorable video on a BBC article titled Gray Seals Can Learn to Sing Like Humans, says Study. Hmm. And there was, like I said, there was some video content to go with it that we'll show later or listen to later. Okay. On the edge of my seat. (laughs) Yeah. So there was a couple more news articles. Uh, The Irish News says seals can copy human speech and songs, Scottish studies suggests. And CNET says, listen to this seal sing the Star Wars theme. Seriously. Great alliteration. Again, I think last week we had some pretty good alliteration on a, on a title too. I forget. Yeah. Journalists and scientists alike love their alliteration. Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. They're talking about this in the news, but as a paper boy, I imagine your first question was, What's the research? Where are they getting this? Well, yeah, that's kind of what caught my attention from these articles is like, okay, I just thought, oh, here's some viral video of these seals that they trained to like make noises Mm -hmm. for fun. But then it was like study suggests and like new study shows. And I was like, wait, there's a study where they taught seals to sing Star Wars. That's crazy. Podcast gold. I know. I was like, this is perfect. (laughs) Um, So The paper itself is called Formant Modification Through Vocal Production Learning in Gray Seals. And it was published in the journal Current Biology on June 20th, 2019. The authors are Amanda L. Stansberry and Vincent M. Janik from the Scottish Oceans Institute at the University of St. Andrews in Scotland. Cool. Can you go back to the title real quick? The title was Formant Modification Through Vocal Production Learning in Gray Seals. So what is formant modification? You may also actually have to say that in your best Scottish accents, and this is coming from St. Andrews. I wouldn't dare (laughs) (laughs) on the off chance that anyone hears me attempt a Scottish accent. So a formant is basically like a a sound that animals produce. But what it specifically is, um, actually, I'll let Professor Janik, the PI on this research, say it best. Uh, A quote from Professor Janik is, Formants are emphasized frequency bands in our speech sounds. They are part of our speech sounds that we modify to encode information. For example, different vowels only differ in their formants. So it's literally like the frequency content of a sound that you produce is the formant, I believe. Oh, interesting. So, I mean, humans do this as much as seals or monkeys or dogs. Yeah, so in humans, like a, a, and e are all different formants of the same like fundamental frequency. So the frequency is one thing, like that's like the note that you'd be singing something at. Yeah. So if I say like ah versus e, it's the same frequency, but the way that the frequency content of that sound is like arranged is different. Okay. Which is what makes you understand it as an a versus an e. Okay. I does, can believe does that. Does that make sense? I understood what you told me as you're modulating different frequency content, so Yeah. That may, it makes sense. Like you could look at how animals change that to make different sounds. Right, exactly. And so that's kind of what is important here is the way that formants are modified. And so this is used in a skill that they just call vocal learning, which essentially just means that like an animal can learn to copy sounds or form new sounds. So humans have mm. this capability of vocal learning where we can actually expand our vocal repertoire by just by copying or by like coming up with new sounds. Okay. But that's not really like a common skill among animals. Interesting. Like what other animals do or do not possess that skill? Did they talk about that at all? Yeah. So like songbirds 
can do it. Obviously, like parrots, you know, parrots can mimic like actual human speech. Someone actually told me a really funny story about a parrot. This like angry parrot. I don't know if this is the right place to share the story. Well, we're talking about parrots, so go ahead. And for some reason, she didn't know that it could talk. And so she's hanging around at like, it was like a housewarming or something weird like that. And there was this parrot that just started like talking to her telling her like, come over here, come over here. Oh, that's so creepy. And she also didn't know this was a very aggressive parrot. But then they had this like human animal bonding experience where like they became friends. I don't know. (laughs) It's a really bad story. But uh, your friend sounds very lonely. (laughs) (laughs) She has friends. At least she has one friend. But uh, a parrot. (laughs) <laughs> apparently yeah after that i was like oh you know no but uh well so the parrot used its vocal learning skills to seduce your friend at a party <laughs> <laughs> basically yeah i was impressed i was like wow this is a smart parrot yeah but you know people are smart too and apparently so are elephants and whales because they also can do vocal learning or elephants like, and whales yeah yeah interesting what about monkeys So, this is really interesting. Scientists have not been able to find evidence of vocal learning in non-human primates. Really? Yeah, like they have like a huge variety of unique sounds that they can produce, like a large repertoire. And they do, I think they do like encode information in the way that they communicate. But they don't have the ability to learn new sounds beyond just like total like mimicry. Does that make sense? Interesting. Yeah, I, I I, I think I get it. I, I heard something interesting. I forget if it was on the podcast or not, but it's like with monkeys or non-human primates, you can expect that what we see, they see. Like humans and monkeys sh- share a very similar visual pathway in their nervous system. Hmm. But for sound, it's like not at all the same. Really? Yeah. Like what we hear is not the same as what a monkey hears. Whoa, that's weird. So it's hard to test audio things with monkeys. Man, anyway. Crazy world. You anyway. want to be like, Monkeys probably wouldn't get much enjoyment from, like, Sound of Music. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. Sad. Who, yeah, what a sad life they can't enjoy sad, beautiful music. I mean, among many other things, like the Paperboy's theme song. Oh, uh, yes, that's true. Shout out to Damn It, Eugene. <laughs> Big shout out. Yeah. No, but so, yeah, very interestingly, they don't find evidence of this in non-human primates, but they do in all these other animals. But the way that these other animals do their, like, formant modification and the way that they produce new sounds is very... The mechanism is very different from how humans do it. Hmm. So the way... Like the physical mechanism or like the neurological mechanism? I think both. But what they really emphasize here is the physical mechanism. So in humans, they talk about the supralaryngeal tract. Oh, (laughs) yeah. We're all familiar. (laughs) (laughs) I I had to Google it and like go down like three Wikipedia holes. But basically, it's just everything above the larynx in your... Oh, supralaryngeal. Yeah, super laryngeal. Okay. So it's basically sense. just like all, you know, your throat and your whatever, that stuff. All you know, that, all that, that stuff, yeah. All that meat and tissue. <laughs> but so like we use those muscles to modify the way that we talk. Whereas the elephants who exhibit their vocal learning, they're modifying their sounds by using like their trunk to sort of create different like pressure inside their lungs or something like that. Oh, okay. So, I mean, it's a different, it's a very different mechanism. Yeah. And like birds use their beak okay to produce like different kind of whistling sounds that emulate so it's just um those are very interesting cases to study Mm -hmm. but the reason that seals are interesting is because they have a very similar like muscular structure like a very similar similar laryngeal tract i guess vocal tract. i would never have guessed yeah me neither right yeah 
Wow. So, so like by studying seals' ability to in vocal learning can give us important clues as to how humans do this. Because you know you can't like lock a baby up in a lab for three years and like give them very controlled vocal inputs. You know, no, <laughs> it's like highly no. unethical. So seals are a good kind of like um, stand-in almost. Okay, for understanding the way that humans might learn. Wow, arguably just as cute too. Dude, seals are way cuter than babies. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take seals over babies any day. Wow. At least they stay cute, you know? That's true. People get ugly. People get ugly. <laughs> okay, so seals have the similar supra... Supralaryngeal tract. Supralaryngeal tract. Yeah. Well, so they say vocal tract. Vocal tract. So they're a good stand-in for doing this type of research. How did they actually... I guess, what were they trying to do? And how did they go about it with this research then? So essentially what they wanted to do in this study was kind of provide like a controlled environment to see if seals were capable of learning like totally new sounds of expanding their repertoire, as they say in the paper. Okay. Okay. And to do that, they actually trained these three seals. Like I think they were in captivity from birth and they like raised them to do these experiments, essentially. I mean, they're juvenile seals, so they were like less than a year old. Okay. And I think they only had them in captivity for a year. But they've been essentially raising them to learn how to speak. Yeah, essentially. Or make sounds. Yeah. And uh, this is not like a new concept, actually. So one of the papers that they reference from past work doing this with seals is um, this study from 1985 in the Canadian Journal of Zoology. And I looked up this paper and it's about this group. Of, there's like a, a couple seals at the New England Aquarium, but one in particular named Hoover. And then I Googled Hoover the talking seal and like videos abound. There's like, really, there's so many videos. I'm like, okay, this is like a celebrity seal. Wow. Do you want to hear Hoover the talking seal? Do I want to hear Hoover the talking seal? Come on, Charlie. Of course I want to hear Hoover the talking seal. You're not going to believe that this is a seal. I'm I'm not going to watch the video. You should have, it should have surprised. There's nothing on the video. It's just like a still image. They do have videos of it like swimming around, but it's the sound that really gets you. Okay. No, that's a disgruntled employee. No, I don't believe it. Doesn't it sound like some like fat, drunk old guy who's like, ah, get over here. Come here. Get over here. Yeah. Do you want to hear it again? Yeah. Come over here. I mean, it's so, you know, over the podcast, we've had a lot of episodes about like auditory processing. Uh We've heard some weird sounds. (laughs) Yeah. But of all the weird sounds we've had that have tried to like mimic human speech, this is like the closest. Definitely the weirdest thing. Weirder than the, um, we are the robots. (laughs) Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Where they reconstructed the audio waves from the brain signals. Yeah. There were a few sounds in there that were kind of weird, but this one is like, I mean, this one's uncanny. Hoover the Seals on another level. Yeah. But so like this Hoover the Seal thing, they basically say like, okay, it was kind of a cool like party trick, but they didn't really prove anything. They didn't prove that he was making any sounds that were not already in his repertoire. They didn't prove like anything about Seal's learning capability, really. Uh Uh-huh. It was more of just like a, a neat thing. I guess what they proved is like, okay, Seals can mimic sounds like a parrot, but that doesn't really tell you much about their vocal learning capability. Yeah. Like the evolutionary skill required for them to, you know, survive by learning new sounds. 
So how did the researchers of this paper perform like a more rigorous study? So they did two different experiments. One they did with just this one seal. So there were three seals total. Their names were Zola, Gandalf, and Janice. Oh, man. So adorable. Heart's melting. So cute. Gandalf, what a great name for Gandalf a gray seal. seal. Yeah. Grand, oh, Gandalf the gray. gray. Gandalf the gray. I didn't even think about that. That makes sense. Anyway, so Zola was the test subject for this first experiment. And what they did was they, so they recorded a juvenile gray seal moan. Like they, they do these little moans. You'll hear it in a bit when they're like crying for their mom, basically. Okay. They recorded this moan and then they transposed that recording like up and down on a musical scale. Okay. So, they, so like higher pitch, lower pitch. Right. So you can imagine like you just. I don't know, GarageBand on your phone. You can make a little recording and then it maps it to all the different piano keys. You can just play a different note of the same sound. Oh, cool. I didn't know, I don't know you if that's a relatable that thing, but <laughs> yeah, you can do that. So just imagine they have like a piano and they can just play the seal moan at whatever note they want. Okay. With this scale of sounds, they trained Zola to copy a given sequence of notes. Hmm. So in the training, they just did three notes. It was A, C, and D, like all in the same octave so like pretty close together okay and they would just play three notes in a random order okay so they recorded the seals moan then mapped it to the three notes a c and d and they'd play it in a random order to the seal to the seal and they reward zola if she gets the direction of the pitch change correct when she attempts to repeat the notes okay so they don't reward her for accuracy or anything it's just if they went a c d and zola saying three notes getting higher each time even if she wasn't even close to those notes she gets rewarded okay but if they go like a c d which is an ascending order and then she's saying like c d a or you know middle high low then she doesn't get rewarded okay and that's kind of important that they're not rewarding for like exactly hitting the notes they're not rewarding for mimicking the sound that she heard they're rewarding for mimicking the the change in sound does that make sense yeah yeah so like even if you're it's like singing back a melody even if you're not totally on key you're understanding the pitch variations yeah exactly and what it really is testing is like your ability to consciously modify your formant in a way that produces an, the new desired sound that makes sense yeah so that was the training and what's crazy is like you know you watch this this cute little video it's like 10 seconds long and you're like oh wow that's really cool you don't realize how much work goes into this. That training took... So they didn't finish the training until Zola was able to get 80% correct responses for seven consecutive sessions or for oh. seven consecutive like tries. Wow. It took 1,576 trials spread across 37 sessions. Wow. Which is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's like months and months of training, I'm sure. I just... I sat in on someone's dissertation defense a few months ago and they had a big element of like training rats oh man for to do experiments and it was like something crazy like that like two thousand hours and like you know you get help but like all that to say training animals no joke that's a lot of work yeah and it's crazy because you know this is like that's like one offhand line in this paper that <laughs> yeah. really took the almost the entire majority of their time yeah to do Jeez. Okay. Well, that's cool. Do you have the video of it? Yeah. So uh, before I play the video, I want to give context on what the actual test was. So the training okay. was doing these random orders of three notes. But then in the test, 
they played sequences of notes up to 10 notes long and spanning more than an octave. So they were playing wow. notes that Zola had never heard before and in sequences much longer than she had heard. So not just the ACD or ACD, but in multiple octaves. No, like they went from frequencies 698 to 2093 hertz, which corresponds to musical notes F5 to C7. For anyone, any musicians out there, that means something to them. But it's okay. more than an octave. It would be like F, G, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C. Okay. So like a huge, huge spread of notes, most of which the seal has never heard before. Wow. All right. So do you want to hear how Zola did with the mimicking or the uh, singing back? Absolutely. Okay. So this is... Ladies and gentlemen, Seal Zola's premiere. Seal singing. This is not a seal thing. Yeah, this is seal. Kiss from a rose. (laughs) Charlie. Charlie. I thought of that literally the instant that I saw this news article, and I've been waiting to do that to you for days. (laughs) I mean, after how good uh, Hoover was, I wouldn't be surprised. If that was Zola. Yeah. That was actually Zola, Gandalf, and Janice singing together. And they also got together with T-Pain to learn about how <laughs> auto No, you know what I learned works. from this joke was the music video for Kiss from a Rose by Seal is weird. Really weird. It's Batman. It's literally just Batman. Really? Yeah. The official music video is like Seal singing in front of the Bat spotlight and then just random shots of like Jim Carrey and Val Kilmer like talking at a dinner party. <laughs> That's so 90s. Yes. It's very bizarre. Anyway, okay. now that my terrible joke is over, let me play the actual video of Zola singing. <laughs> Sorry, everyone, for that. Okay, here's Zola singing. Oh, you can watch too. So the... So the first sound you heard was them playing their little keyboard of notes. That was crazy. Right? That was insane. Holy cow. Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense because they're playing back the tone like shifted that they recorded from her. So it makes sense that it sounds similar to what her little sound is. Like what she's familiar with. Yeah. Her formant modification. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like seals sound like humans. I know. And that's a sound when I, the first time I saw it, I was like, that is not the sound I was expecting because I've never heard a seal, I guess, make that sound. They're like honking. You hear them like bark. Yeah. Yeah. You hear them bark, but. Uh, Do you want to hear another one? Yeah. So this is also Zola. Blow my mind, seals. I think this is Star Wars. Oh, yes. He's so cute. Oh, my God. Oh, Everyone listening, cute. you have to go. We're going to post links to these videos. You have to watch the video. They're so adorable. They're pretty adorable. And just that, that one extended note, the ha, ah, ah. <laughs> So cute. Wow. I'm impressed. I'm impressed by this. They sing better than I do. <laughs> I know, right? How, uh, how'd Gandalf do? So, well, so Gandalf and Janice were involved in the next experiment, which I'll get to in a second. But one really cool thing about the Zola experiment was that she was able to repeat sequences up to 10 notes. So wow, that was the maximum length that they tested. Mm-hmm. But they referenced, you know, studies 
on humans that show that like human and primate recall for like random sequences of things is limited to like four to seven items. Like if I told you to memorize this sequence of numbers and I told you the numbers and then you had to say them back. Yeah. Humans and primates cap out at like seven. Okay. But they cap out at 10 when it's a melody. Oh. And so the fact that Zola was able to memorize a sequence of 10 random notes shows that it's possible that she's interpreting it as a melody, that it's kind of the same like neurological process is happening, that it's music. You know what I mean? Whoa. That's getting, that's like a whole nother level of like evolutionary adaptation. Yeah. I mean, it's like a throwaway line, but it's like, wait a second. I feel like we need to study this now. Like, it's it's really interesting. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. And what are the implications of that? Or when did that evolve in mammals? Like who else shares that? I don't know. Like it's it's interesting. It's interesting that seals have this behavior. I guess for the vocal tract, seals have it, but monkeys don't. But like you just said, the monkeys can learn the melodies too, somewhat. Yeah. The the yeah non-human primates have the same thing. Like they can do ten notes for melody recall. Wow. Okay. So seals may be in the same boat. If any of our listeners are non-human primate auditory <laughs> experts. Uh, or if up. you're a non-human primate. Or if you're a non-human primate. <laughs> Maybe we need to sing sing this as a melody so that you remember to call us back. Um, yeah. Stay tuned. 877 cash now. <laughs> 877 paper boys. Uh, uh, so, yeah. And it's like... I would I kind of almost buy that theory because I guess you know I'm jumping ahead in the paper now but I guess part of what they speculate like why these seals are so good at vocal learning is that they actually have to form a unique call that their mother can recognize among other baby seals. Oh. So it almost it actually kind of is like a song, you know? Okay. Like I'm sure that the uniqueness of of creating a new call is not only in creating a, like a a sound that is unique, but also an order of your sounds. You might say it's like the seal equivalent of two-factor authentication. Yes, exactly. It's the exact same thing. Yeah, exactly. Okay. The mother's the mother's like, <laughs> a pup is trying to check into my nest from an unknown location. <laughs> Do you uh, confirm or please, deny? Please enter the melody. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. I'm sure it's exactly like that. Yeah. Click all tiles that contain a bus. <laughs> See, so it's like, what's a bus? Yeah. So now you you were asking about Gandalf and Janice. Yeah. I know you're dying to know. So they were involved in a completely different experiment. They did the same training on them. So three note sequences, A, C, D, played in a random order, rewarding them when they get just the change in pitch correct, not okay. for accuracy or anything like that. And Gandalf and Janice did it much faster. They did it in like you know, 600 trials and like 800 trials as Ow. opposed to the 1600 that freaking Zola took. Zola over there. Slapping. Yeah. Yeah. Now here's what's crazy in this second experiment. So with Zola, they played, you know, notes after training her with notes. With Gandalf and Janice, they played human vowel sounds. What? After training with musical notes. Basically, they just modified the frequency content of the same seal moaning sound but they modified the frequency content content to be like the formants of a e and i i think were the vowels that they used okay actually that's not true i think they used all five vowels we'll be we'll have a chance to hear this and yeah we'll listen to it but importantly okay. it's like 
they trained them by changing the pitch of these notes, but when they play these vowels back, they're all at the same pitch. So the only thing that's changing is the formant modification oh. to change like the the you know the distribution of energy, the distribution of frequencies in the sound that they're producing. So okay, so unlike Zola, where it's like same vowel, different notes, this is same note, different vowels. Yes, exactly. Okay. That's a great way of putting it. Because that's a, that's a logical question. Then, uh, if you've done the previous, like which are they noticing? Obviously, in the other one, they're just noticing the frequency changing. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Okay. How did they do? They did well. So a quote from the paper, it says, both animals produced vowel sounds that could easily be identified by human listeners at the end of training. So, wow. Yeah. So not only did they match the frequency content well, when you look at the actual spectrogram that they took, which I I can show you that. Yeah. um, It's also like a human understood what they were saying. That's awesome. Let me show you uh, these two different videos. I had kind of a hard time understanding the vowels that they were playing for them because it sounds very strange because they're using this you know the seal call sound oh okay but i think if you did that if you were doing this for months on end thousands of trials you'd very quickly understand which ones (laughs) you two would learn (laughs) you two would learn okay so here's here's the first video it's like just croaking that out yeah but, I mean, you could tell. You could hear a difference. You could definitely hear a difference. And I also find it kind of like funny and similarly adorable that this seal has such a different voice than Zola, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, probably won't make it to the Metropolitan Opera anytime soon. Well, you never know. You never know. But it is, yeah. And I think they actually even specifically said that Zola was really good at the melody side of things. And Gandalf and Janice were really good at the vowels and like not vice versa. Oh, and so they were like each, you know, it's like get them together, make bring the band together. Yeah, it's like how damn it, Eugene is a great singer, and you and I are great at producing vowels. <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> I'm just saying. Like people have different skills, you know, different skill sets, different like vocal skills. Gotcha. Lost me on the analogy, but <laughs> I got the message. So here's another one of of reproducing vowel sounds. <laughs> <laughs> and then you see it like slink away into the water to get the fish they're so strange yeah they're so cute though yeah interesting that's really interesting yeah and uh you know i kind of mentioned this already but the janice and Gandalf both used different techniques to match the vowels they said really wait can you explain that again one, one more time yeah so this is going to be super technical but Gandalf it says change the second and third formant to approximate the model as well as the difference between formants. So what that means is like the formants is if you're looking at the frequency content of the sound, mm-hmm. there's resonant frequencies essentially. And okay. if these resonant frequencies move around, that's what gives you different vowel sounds. Okay. So you can it, it kind of makes sense. Like when you're saying like ah, e, like you're changing the shape of your like vocal cavity, which would cause a different resonant frequency. Does that make sense? Yeah, and you can hear it like ah has more low frequency content it's like a lower sound e has like a higher pitch kind of higher, yeah. lower frequency or higher frequency make your mouth a little smaller when you go e versus ah yeah exactly and that must show up in the spectrograph which is a plot of the frequency content over time right yeah 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 that's exactly right and so then janice it says 
had a relatively constant first formant that did not change much, but changed the second formant, formant to approximate the model and the difference between formants in the model sound. Hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't quite like understand the exact difference between what they're talking about, but the important part is that they both used different techniques to create these vowel sounds that they had never even heard before. Like, remember that the that training yeah. didn't have vowel sounds. I mean, if you think about it for like a human learning how to speak, you know, you start to speak like you start to make some basic sounds after a year. And this is of like your parents, whoever's around you, just talking to you constantly all the time. Yeah. Like every day for hours and hours and hours. And I mean, these seals got a lot of training, but it's like not as much as like a child. No, so even the fact not. that they're close, like it's it's super impressive. A human baby would not be able to reproduce that melody. You know, they're not going to no. sing the Star Wars theme song back at you. Yeah, they're you throw a piece of fish to them too, and they'll be like, <laughs> "Why? Why are you doing that?" And then they just start crying and they poop their pants. <laughs> yeah, man, humans suck. <laughs> a very different, very different animal. That's really cool. What sorts of conclusions can they draw from these findings? Like, what sort of the broader impact? So I kind of mentioned some of it at the beginning. Essentially, this demonstration is like more significant than previous findings on vocal learning. Because, you know, like the things with elephants or birds, they're modifying their sounds in a different way. Or like there was another study with toothed whales that showed this same, like a similar vocal, what? what? Like a narwhal? I don't know. Is that... Like a, well, Wait, I guess is that killer a, whales. Don't tell me that that's a tooth. Their yeah, horn. Yeah, it's a tooth. Ew. It's a tooth that like comes out of their face. Ew, that's so gross. Uh, random tangential clarification. The toothed whales are a parv order of cetaceans. Wow. Uh, that includes dolphins, porpoises, and all other whales possessing teeth, such as the beaked whales and sperm whales. Oh, I see. Okay. Just doing a quick... Uh, just covering my narwhal narwhal. <laughs> so anyway. Anyway, sorry. I <laughs> got That's quite support. all right. We we got to learn these things, you know? Yep. So uh, this other study with toothed whales, um, they said it was like good. It showed similar results, but they didn't have a good comparison to the whale's natural repertoire. So that's important. Like an important finding in this study with the seals is that they were able to actually demonstrate that the sounds that they produced in the test runs was not in these seals' repertoire before the study. Like it's not oh. sounds that seals were that these seals were ever capable of producing naturally. Okay, so it'd be like if you took a human and you pulled them aside, like an English-speaking human, and you're like, "Okay, repeat after me." Like, "Hi," and you just have them repeat something that they already know. It's like not impressive. I imagine it's probably more like, um, yeah, it's not impressive that a, a baby who grew up in America can like speak english repeat an english phrase yeah. but that but that then you start teaching them french and suddenly they can do like a that r sound that they do in french <laughs> <laughs> or like that's not a... or like spanish and you yeah. can you can roll your r's like like that's not a sound that's naturally in your repertoire as a but that's not a good example because you're not really altering your vocal tract but still uh, i guess like on a high level analogy level <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i got you uh, but so the way that they actually tested that these seals had expanded their repertoire, they used something called uh, Levine's test. And I guess what they do is they compare the peak frequency and the fundamental frequency from the first 250 trials to the last 250 trials. 
And what they found is that the variation in frequencies produced increased significantly from start to finish. And they were also in the last 250, they were producing frequencies that they were not capable of producing in the first 250. So they found oh, stuff wow. they found stuff in the later trials that was not present in the earlier trials. Cool. And so I guess that means that it passes Levine's test and says that they expanded their repertoire. Okay. That's very interesting. So yay. Yay. <laughs> yay seals. Good job seals. Levine I hope they get a badge for that. Some <laughs> yeah. sort of seal accomplishment badge. Stick it on their sash. Yeah. It's it's interesting. It's just like the development of sounds where that fits into evolution like at some point we have a common ancestor with seals like why did they hold on to that too you mentioned sort of that tone that identifies them to their mother the children to the mother see that being very important in the wild especially if you're on like some small island and there's a bunch of seals like barking all over the place yeah exactly um they need to be able to find their baby among all the other identical looking babies here's an interesting question I don't think they talked about it in the paper, but we were talking about EEG signals before and brain frequencies, mm-hmm. like in, especially in last week's episode about the brain avalanches. So there's the signal called P300 that happens when something surprises you. And so you can like with an EEG, so an external device that's measuring your brain signals. If something surprises you, you can detect this uh, si- signal. So you're like looking at the data streaming on a computer and someone surprises you you see this like big oscillation that appears out of nowhere. That's so weird. Yeah, they use this a lot for like eye trackers and things like that. Huh. Or for like people who are paralyzed to spell things, they shuffle through a bunch of letters. So if you're thinking about the letter B, they'll light up the letters and when B lights up to what you're expecting, they'll get that uh, signal and they can say like, oh, you're thinking about B. Oh, that's so cool. I wonder, and they talk about the cocktail party. People are so smart. Oh my gosh. People are smart. Yeah. I also just, I don't know why, but the name P300 sounds so <laughs> like cold and mechanical. And it's like for things that surprise you. Yeah. It's kind it's of like, funny. Or like another like P90X workout. <laughs> yeah. Thing. Yeah. This is a long tangent, but with P300, they talk about this thing called the t- cocktail party, where if you're at a cocktail party and someone's talking to you and there's a lot of background noise, if you hear someone say your name, like you're able to identify that amongst the noise. Yeah. And P300, I've heard about this. So P300 would spark. And I wonder if seals also exhibit P300. Whoa. So when they hear like the unique call that their pup has created. Or the, or the Star Wars theme song. Or the Star Wars theme song. Their P300 lights up and they're like, where are you? Baby. Where are you, Gandalf? <laughs> Gandalf. Gandalf. <laughs> yeah. Look to the east. <laughs> Frodo was on to something, man. Yeah. He could have been an academic. Yeah, he was a mother seal. Yes. <clears throat> That's crazy. That's like a really interesting theory. We should uh, reach out to Stansberry and Janik. Let's do it. Seminal researchers in the field of seal singing. Yeah. I also wonder if like there are any mothers out there listening to this podcast. If their baby starts talking, they'll be like, oh, formant modification. <laughs> oh, I love so the way cute. he modifies this formant. So cute. Yeah, but I have heard that that is like a thing with humans too. Like human mothers can identify their babies crying. I don't know if it's because of the same method of like the way the seals kind of change their call to a point that it's unique from the other seals around them. I don't know if babies are doing that intentionally, but but that's sort of what they suggest in this paper is like this that could be what seals are doing. And if seals are doing that, then that could be what humans are doing. 
Interesting. Did they give any indications of like f- interesting future work that they'd like to pursue after this based on what they found? A little bit, yeah. They, so one thing is like this was a study on juvenile seals. I think the study from 1985 used other juvenile seals. Uh, so what they said is they really need to do a study on adult seal vocal learning, which, okay, yeah, I mean, who, who knows what that would turn up. But um, there's also... There's actually a quote going back to this BBC News article from Professor Janik, who says, Our study suggests that they have the production skills to produce human language. Whether they can make sense of it would be the next question. Ah. So it's like you could probably train a seal to speak a sentence. And actually, in that 1985 study, they, they trained the seals to say words like hello. Whoa. Okay. But there's we have no clue if it would be possible for seals to understand what they were saying. And actually associate meaning with the sounds. Like if you ask them a question, you said like, what do you want? And they would say like fish, knowing that they're talking. Like, I guess the, the in, in more scientific terms, what they're trying to find out is, do seals have the ability to identify words and sounds with specific objects? Because that is like the prerequisite for language. Okay. Is being able to abstract an object into a sound that you're producing. So and it's like you're encoding information about the world around you through sounds. And okay. they don't know if seals have that that ability. Because I think they've shown like parrots do have that ability. Really? I think so. You can teach a parrot certain words. Wow. At that's least really for like cool. object identification. That's cool. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure. I'm like thinking back to like a video I don't have to we watched quote in like you on high it. school you're recorded, you're recorded on a podcast know. for eternity now. So outlive me. <laughs> you quoted yourself, James. <laughs> on my tombstone, they're going to say, infamously once said <laughs> yeah. incorrectly that parrots. Yeah, I think parrots have that. <laughs> that was his downfall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ugh. All right. Well, was there anything else from the paper you wanted to throw in? It's super interesting. Yeah, no, the paper, I mean, it's pretty straightforward, but very, very fascinating. And really like, cool to talk see about a videos. cool research job. I mean, I just sit yeah. at a desk and like punch away at Mathematica trying to make plots look nice. Oh, I just try to figure out a way that we can send interplanetary no, no, objects. No, no, <laughs> Don't, no. I sit at a desk and look at a terrible screen. Amanda Stansberry is out there training seals for her dissertation. How sick is that? She is probably having, on average, more fun per day than you are. Yes. Both cool research. Even her uh, worst day no. is probably more fun than my most exciting day. <laughs> <laughs> well, although I'm you're, sure it could be you're, bad days. You're like mo- the most exciting day of your career will be like one day, 40 years from now, if the project that you work on gets funded and arrives like to the deep end of the solar system and it works. Yeah. But and that'll be one day and I'll be like, all right, oh, that's a good back career. to the desk. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and that's if everything goes right. There'll be plenty, plenty of excitement along the way. Let's hope so. Um, so nothing else really from the paper, but the news articles were actually pretty good. It seemed like most of them were kind of just using this as like a vehicle. Not most. I shouldn't say most. Some of them, cough, cough, ABC News, was really just <laughs> using this as like a vehicle to link this video. Like they clearly put very little effort into communicating the science. They just wanted to have a landing page on their website that had this video so they would get clicks for it. Typical ABC nbc would never do that yeah (laughs) no abc news yeah it was just like literally like two sentences and then they had like a video one of those videos that's obviously produced for facebook 
where there's just like text, large text over the video. Oh yeah. And in the in that video, it's had a quote from Vincent Janik said the quote, and then it just said like a university spokesperson said. And I'm what? like, come on, like give some freaking credit here. They didn't link the study. They didn't mention the researchers' names. What? That it just sucks. like bothers me. It's like I don't know. These people. This is like their life's work for the last probably like five, six years. You know. Yeah, and there's no credit whatsoever. You're just like gonna literally, almost kind of like steal their video just so you can get clicks to your site and like not respect the science at all. Come on. Yeah, that's it's no bueno. Damn you, ABC. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't go to ABC for your <laughs> fascinating scientific news. <laughs> well, cool. I definitely enjoyed that. I'm going to be thinking about that a lot more as I interact with different formant modifying animals and creatures. Including... Next time you're singing a song. Yeah. Next time I'm singing a song, playing with a dog, I'm trying to start doing a lot of formant modification experiments. Yeah. Look for some vocal learning. This is a, it's one of those papers that just uh, really sticks with you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, thanks, Charlie. If you, not even if you, you need to go watch these videos. We'll have a link to them on our site, and I promise we'll have more information than ABC. We'll respect the science. Paperboyspodcast.com, in case you were curious. Yeah, paperboyspodcast.com. The paper will be up there, some of these news articles, and of course, links to the videos on the original researcher's site. We'll also be posting some fun facts on social media instagram and twitter so if you aren't already please do follow us at paperboys pod is our handle recommend it to a friend we love getting new listeners and hearing from the broad audience base uh, it's been really fun get listeners from all over the world all different stretches reaching out really makes it satisfying for charlie and myself also as i mentioned at the beginning check out our patreon page patreon.com slash it helps us support the show. James and I are broke grad students, and we love doing this show. We would do it for free. In fact, we do do it for free, or we have until very recently. But the support that comes from Patreon just lets us do more of the show, bonus episodes, and also helps us afford the equipment that it takes to make this show and the hosting fees that it costs to get this show out to you guys. It's not a whole lot of money, but for, again, for two broke grad students, it really Every, every dollar helps. So check that out, patreon.com slash paperboyspod. We're also looking at adding a video element in the future, so Patreon proceeds will help us to incorporate that. That is correct. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and tune in next week for another exciting edition of Paperboys. Thanks for listening.